Murder is defined as the unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. However, being charged and convicted of murder isn't always as simple as a definition. With that said, let's talk murder. Welcome, 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 and thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan. For those who may be new, Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan is a crime-based podcast that takes an inside look at the crime from the side of the accused. In each episode, we go beyond the headlines and get up close and personal to the story via the words of the individual charged with the crime. However, in this edition of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan, we get to speak with the victim's family. Yes, I said it. The victim's family. Tyler Kobe Nichols, a 21-year-old male, murdered on December 23rd, 2020. A senseless killing that has forever shaken a family. There's now a book that takes us inside the journey of this family as they begin to piece life together after the murder of Tyler Kobe Nichols. I, uh, this one hit differently, right? This was one that the story was so emotional. The strength of the family was so empowering. I had to tap in and get up close and personal with the story from the family side. I had the chance to speak with Tyler Kobe Nichols' cousin, Kareem. Kareem, it plays a very intricate role in the book. So, without further ado, I'm going to give you the interview between myself and Kareem as we talk life after death. Long live Kobe, Tyler Kobe Nichols. Today I'm doing it a little bit different. Usually it's really upbeat. I'm all over the place. I'm off the chain, right? But this one, this one is something that forces you to pay attention to reality. It forces you to pause for a moment and realize the world in which we live in. Recently, I was introduced to a book, and the book is entitled Long Live King Kobe. With Long Live King Kobe, right, let me kind of give it to you. It offers a privileged journey into the power of community for all who have felt outrage, confusion, sadness, and deep despair at the epidemic of violence in our country. It also provides reason to hope. The long-lived King Kobe Foundation, started by Sherman Chambers, will support nonviolent initiatives to keep youth safe. Proceeds from the book will benefit the foundation. So with that, I opened the pages to the book. And through this book, you're introduced to not just the victim of this heinous crime, but you're introduced to the family. You get taken into their world and the reality of life after the killing and how you attempt to move on but can't move on and how your future is your past and your past is your future and your present is your future, but your future is your past. Yeah, it's like that at that moment. So with reading this book, I was introduced to the cousin of Kobe. Tyler Kobe Nichols is 
the victim who in which we're speaking of, who the book is inspired by, who it's on. And his cousin Kareem, right? So Kareem has this intricate role. Kareem is we all have that Kareem in our family. Like by blood he's our cousin, but he was raised like our brother and our best friend. You know, that kind of thing. So let me do this. Hi Kareem. Good day. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing. Uh, I'm feeling empowered, and um, I'm feeling honored you know, to be on the conversation here with you. Definitely. So, Kareem, let me let me do this right. So, before we take it to December twenty third, twenty twenty, let me take it back to twenty nineteen and before. Kareem, tell me what was Christmas like for your family in y'all's household every year, just as a family together. What was it like? Okay, so it's um it's beautiful to be able to, you know, be here and, and, and explain how close um our Caribbean family is. Um I, I feel every single Christmas everyone came to the headquarters of the family in a sense. And that was where Tyler was, you know, born and resided and and, and lived all his life. Um, Christmas was the most magical part of the year, as for many families, but we, we made sure everyone came together. And we made sure that that the love circled around from the from the oldest to the youngest member of the family, and even in Tyler, you know, and and his and, and my cousin Shane and Shamari would and and myself would dress up in um, pajamas still as the adults just for the gimmick and the and the playfulness of it, you know, as a in in a, in a Caribbean family, grandma would cook a huge huge West Indian dish. Uh, you know, array of platters, and it was just magical. Every single year, we still gave gifts. We still kept it innocent for the kids, and um, it was just magical. And and all everything changed, you know. So, um, it it it's certainly a beautiful moment to look back at and and wish for. You know, wish you could have a time machine to to go back to. Right. But let me ask you this. Excluding 2020, right? We're not there just yet. But prior to 2020, what was the most memorable Christmas for you, and why? <laughs> the most memorable Christmas, uh, I would have to say, is when is so. Like I said, we all dressed up, and um, uh, mainly Tyler and Shane and Shamar dressed up in all onesies. And um, the most memorable one, I have to say, is the, the, our most recent, the, the, the last one where we all came together. So it have to be 2019 okay. because we made, we made sure it was the max at every single year. And, 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 and at, the, at the peak of their ages, um, they were still in pajamas when I came over to the house. And, and um, you know, it was just it, to know that we, would, we still sustained it was the peak in, in all honesty. Absolutely. The now, you know? Absolutely. So now, as I bring it forward, right, so we're going to pay it forward. So I understand that Christmas 2020 was unlike any other and hopefully will never be like it was again, right? So before we get to Christmas 2020, as we all know, Christmas is December 25th. However, on the eve of Christmas Eve, 
Tyler Kobe Nichols collapsed on the sidewalk with three knife wounds in the front of his torso and one in the back. His death soon followed. Kareem, I need you, if you can, take me to December 23rd, 2020. Now, from my understanding, you know, I, I read the book. The house is happy. The family is in holiday mode. You know, um, Kobe and his brother went to go get cuts because they're heading to a party. Like we're, like, we're in true holiday cheer mode, holiday season, the reason for the season, all those kind of things. Now, December 23rd, 2020, forever changed the trajectory of your life. Take me back into that moment for you. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, again, I thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Even hearing you describe it, there's my brain kind of just transferred into a different zone. But um, it, it was uh, it was the biggest contrast I think our family will ever feel because even we had an opportunity the night before to to look up at Tyler in the back room where everyone hung out, and Tyler was giving us a a, a breakdown of his life. I don't know why he felt in the moment to talk about it, but on Shamari's birthday, which is his brother, my cousin, which the the day before this happened, the 22nd, we were all idolizing Tyler and just appreciating him and laughing about He said he used to play steel pan, he used to do fencing. I didn't even know he did fencing until that moment. And it it was kind of like he was sitting up above everyone on a stoop, on a bar stool, and we were all in the couch. And then to, on, on the 23rd, we're all in the house still. Everyone is all together. And we come back together every day until Christmas. Um, you know, we're, we're having a, a, an amazing moment. And I'm in the kitchen, and, and Tyler passes behind me. And I say, Tyler, come here. You need to come with me in this karate class. And he, he looks at me, rubs his hands together. He's a joke. He's so goofy. He's like handsome, tall, beautiful, and goofy at the same time. He's just was just uh, an amazing person. But he says, ah, it's all about the fundamentals. He's like, it's all about the fundamentals, puzzle. I'm like, whatever, man, go ahead. <laughs> so then, so, you know, he walks out. And I said, where are you going? He said, barbershop. Okay, okay. So, so I mean, <laughs> to, to the, the moment of contrast, and I hope I, 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 I can convey this well enough, is we're all in the middle in the living room uh, looking at this European slap challenge where they slap each other um, for profusely. Another one, the person almost knocks out, and we're laughing at the reaction. And next thing you know, the door in the front swings open, and Ashley is screaming to me that Tyler is leaking up the block. Ashley is his girlfriend of 10 years, and he was 21. So I run up the street, and... Um, you know, we all run up, me, Sly, Shamari, his brother, and um, I reach to, I, I see Tyler with his back prop against the wall, and I look up at Shane, and he says, Kareem, he's bleeding, he's bleeding, so I take off my jacket, and I, and I try pressure the wounds, and I'm holding him, I'm looking at him, and at this moment, as I realize that our like we all Tyler was the sharpest edge of the whole entire family. He absorbed everyone's spirit. He was always home. Grandma knew he could. Grandma knew if they, she calls, he's downstairs and he would do anything for her. 
he right. he I I have myself into him. Everyone downloaded into Tyler, and then I'm looking in his eyes, and his 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 eyes roll back. Mm. So I'm screaming at him, screaming at him at the top of my lungs, like please Tyler, you know I listen to his lungs, there's liquid in the lungs, and you know this this from and his dog. Um, Kodak is going crazy as Pitbull in the background because Kodak viewed Tyler on the ground. Now, the 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 we were just thrown into this moment. I didn't know police. The the paramedics can't come out the car until the police reach on site. So I'm screaming at the paramedics to come out the car. They're they're there and, and Tyler's dying. I'm looking at his, looking and screaming at him. Anyway, that delays. And then you know they take him um, in the ambulance. But to 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 give an understanding of how this occurred, my cousins literally was just going to get a haircut, and Shane looked into the car. There was a parked car. Shane simply looked in the car, and then keep on looking. And these guys come out screaming, "What the what the f are you looking at?" And calls and calls three other guys to then jump um Tyler and Shane uncalled for the f- the first guy tries to take a hit at Shane and Tyler being a little the protector even though he's younger he was the protector right he he punched the he he protected Shane and punched the guy who tried to hit Shane and did not see was blindsided by the driver who came out and stabbed him in the back so Tyler died he saving his brother, which is something that we don't really conceptualize our family not too much, right. because he had to deal with the stab in his back, which he didn't know he was stabbed, and he and he was just in shock. His body and Shane was in the fetal position on the ground, and he decided to jump in while you know he was. Shane says in the video he was hesitant, but he jumped in, and that's when the guy came and stabbed him three times in the front. Yeah. Uncalled for. Un, I mean, this is just, yeah. Yeah. So I I know um it's long winded. This is but this is the um this is the the image that keeps playing in my mind every single day, right. and so, it happened on our street. So. so let's so let's unpack this, right? So Shane and Tyler are going to Leroy's barbershop. This is a barbershop they've going to for a while, right? Like it's nothing new. This is everyone. Their barbershop, their neighborhood doing their thing. And right. now, let's be clear, because I really need to paint this picture. Not only were you on site applying pressure to the wounds and trying to stop the bleeding, the reality of this is that you were on site before the ambulance even arrived. So before we're even in paramedics on site trying to save or even not even able to get out the vehicle till the police come, before we're even there, you're on site first trying to, not even trying to, being there for your cousin and trying to stop the bleeding and this emotional moment that you're going through, the things that are going through your head, but you're trying to, save your cousin's life, and, you know, we get it. We get that, unfortunately, unfortunately, 21-year-old Tyler 
joins the ranks of young people killed by senseless violence in America. Now, I have to ask you this. The aftermath, if you can even remember, coming out of that day, right, coming out of finding out the news that Tyler did not make it, what kind of a zone do you as his cousin, brother, best friend, you know, sidekick, what kind of zone do you go into as you're trying to process all of this? And that's it. I appreciate you for that question. It's a wonderful question. So uh, the processing is still live and still active. Mm. And um, it's, 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 it's something that I, I understand. That you hear that grief has phases, but um, I, I see this all as one, one particular journey where I've gone from complete paranoia to, uh, like, the first few weeks, I, I couldn't be outside for not even a few minutes because even though you, the day after this happened, mind you, this happened up the street, walking distance from on the same block as our headquarters, as, as where Tyler grew up, was born, the house he came from the hospital into. And then the next day, the sun comes out, the tape is gone, his blood stains are still on the floor, and we have to process. That's when the clock began. Right. That... that that everyone is walking and living normal lives in a sense, and in our brains, we're in. Uh, I am in a uh, still living in that night. I still, as you ask me the questions, I just transferred my brain into that night, image by image by image by image. So the zone that my my body went into, not even just my brain, my body went into a, a complete zone of paranoia. And thankfully, I was doing martial arts. And martial arts is where I basically found my center. I worked on my mind, body, and soul and make sure that I was not only arming myself with the tools and the know-how of how to protect myself, but also to how to protect my family in a manner that if any of this happens again and I'm around, I'm a form of protection. So, right. it, it, and, 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 I mean, it's multi-layered. It's so multi-layered. Uh, our... My, um, you know, I pushed with, with, with Auntie to form this foundation uh, because we had to take the energy of, of all. Tyler was the most loved individual in our family. Like, everyone adored Tyler, <laughs> you know. So it was, it, and he was just taken from us rapidly and, rapid, and randomly. Mm. So in the worst way possible. We couldn't even imagine. None of our families in gangs or anything of that sort. So this is completely out of the left field. So we launched the foundation in a sense to take the, the energy and turn it into a positive, turn the pain into purpose and being transparent with other families who have gone through this because there's so many Tylers and so many families Absolutely. And what are we doing with this energy? We can go in a downward spiral or we can be transparent and heal others. You know, so so that these are the stages that I'm, that I'm going through and my family is going through. And we're just uh, taking the love that we have for Tyler and pushing it outward into the world mm -hmm. while we heal simultaneously. So now 
we know that Long Live King Kobe is the organization. You all can check it out at longlivekingkobe.org, right? This organization was founded in 2021 following the senseless murder of Tyler Kobe Nichols. Now, Kareem, for you, what was your mindset when you found out that from this, this now there was about to be this process you were going to embark upon, right? And that process was bringing this book to life, right? So not just telling your story, but allowing for your story, for your reality, right, for your life, for your day-to-day to be captured and transcribed into a book to bring your reality to pages for the world to flip through and understand and just take, just get the opportunity to dive in for a moment that was such and is still such a reality to your life. What was the thought process you had when you first found out this book was going to be taking place? Another wonderful question. Um, so I ha- I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm very protective of my family. Right. Um, my, my, I, I don't honor celebrities. My family, each member of my family are my celebrities. And um, naturally, this is sensitive content and sensitive. This is something that my grandma, I had to look in the eyes of my grandmother, the most senior person in my family, and say, and, and hear her say, this has never happened in my life. I've never experienced anything like this. So initially, I go in protective mode, and and when I heard about the book, I just didn't want, uh, uh, you know, in in the initial phases of my thinking, like I don't want my family to be exploited or, or you know, uh, with bad intentions, and and, and, or or, you know, we know the times that we're in. So the the leverage, in in various ways, can be used, and I, I I just wanted to be protective, but um, Spencer is an awesome human being, and then he came around, he, he he's filled with love, and that is our language, that's my family's main element, and um, he's, he's essentially family to us now, because, you know, I'm not going to lie, in the beginning, I've had to steer him down and make sure, you know, <laughs> all intents, yeah, make sure all intents, all intentions are pure, and he he is so pure. It is. It's. It's unbelievable. You know. So my my family loves Spencer, and it was. It just. It's. It's an honor to be able to talk more about Tyler, even to sit here and talk to you. It, it, I thank you so much because it's healing for me and it's healing for my family, and we just want to show our transparency so that others can heal as well. So the idea of the book and and this and our story which i had to conceptualize that we have a story you know right. we're, we're not a family that's in the front lines of anything so when people show an interest and 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 um and and feel the pain that we're going through naturally we just want others who feel the pain to have a family to come to yeah. you know it's just our nature and and what we're going to do with the love that we have for Tyler. So it's an honor to be able to continue to speak about Tyler, speak about the foundation, and 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 heal others and ourselves from the trauma of that night. 
Mm. Now, we, you know, I asked you about that moment in time and what kind of zone you went into. And um, you, you know, you kind of said, like, it's one of those things that it, it's still present. Now, with the five stages of grief, we know that one of the stages is anger. And with anger, you're in that zone of, like, why did this happen and who is to blame kind of thing. Now, I preface with that because I have to ask you, taking it back to the book, Tyler's aunt Desiree Chambers, there's this, and y'all got to read the book. I'm not going to give it all away, but there's this, there's this moment in the book that Miss Desiree gets really personal, right? And she talks about how she feels like she failed Tyler, and she takes it back to the decision for him when it came to either college or trade school and how that played out. And um, she presents the narrative of if he would have went to college, you know, or if he, if, if, if he was away at college, this wouldn't have happened or this may not have happened, right? So the anger turns into a bargaining mechanism like could this have been avoided kind of a thing. And you just, at that moment, you see how anger is the is so vulnerable and how it leads to the bargaining. And then Kareem comes. And I know for me, and Kareem, I'm going to be honest, even though the entire book is powerful, right, Kareem? There's this line in the book that you say, we didn't need this kind of lesson. And it's that line in the book for me that forces me as a human being, as a black male, as a minority, right. as a man with a target on his back, as a man who's angry at the world, who's angry at the mistreatment of other black men, who's angry at the violence against black men, who's angry at the black-on-black -black violence, right, who's just angry right. Right. at the whole right. Time, right? Then you get to this portion, and Kareem says, we didn't need this kind of lesson. And you pause, and you read it again, and Kareem says, we didn't need this kind of lesson, right? And you begin to ask yourself this kind of lesson, this kind of lesson. And you begin to understand that out of tragedy, some way there will come triumph, right? And this triumph comes because though Tyler Kobe Nichols is no longer physically with us, right? There's this spiritual presence of him. There's this emotional presence of him. There's this long-lived King Kobe presence of him that will forever reign. But you understand the vulnerability of Kareem when he said, we didn't need this kind of lesson. Now, Kareem, I have to, you have to for me. We didn't need this kind of lesson. Take me to that sentence, Kareem. Yeah, it, it, it was basically the origin of those words is in the fact that we were in a naive space. Mm. We, we, were in, we were in an area where... Uh, 
time kept passing and we were in the, our bubble of, of, of love and protection of and and we we feel like we felt like um it, you know we were, we had challenges challenges going on in the times but nothing of this manner we were actually preparing for you know the either older groups in the family we we had nothing no clue or or or, or necessity for something like this in the neighborhood that we grew up in in a sense that Tyler was born in and um <laughs> we, uh, for our family the origin of that sentence is for a family that exhibits so much love um and a sense of community to all ethnicities we we have basically a community center in the house all Tyler's friends would come home to see come to the house to see him he didn't go anywhere all the love and and and, and accumulation of that uh, affection was in the house he didn't need to be shown the i mean it's I, I could tell you now my perspective has changed but in the moment i can tell you that we didn't we didn't need to be shown that uh, you know in in a in a matter of seconds in milliseconds mm. our lives can be turned around completely right but in this day and light, after hearing myself say that, we had we needed to be shown that. Mm, we needed to be shown that the life can change for anyone in this entire existence in a matter of seconds. The sensitivity that we need to live with is one that is unexplainable. We have to turn our pain into understanding and purpose. Mm. So, guess what, Kareem? This. So hearing, yeah. hear, hearing, hearing you say that, right? Hearing you yeah. say that in the present moment, hearing you analyze where you were then to where you are now, and the words that you articulated, I hear acceptance, right? So another one of the five stages of grief is acceptance. And in the acceptance stage, it's not so much accepting what happened as it is I acknowledge that this has happened and I cannot change it, right? And for me, that's what I hear. I hear you acknowledging the lesson that you were learned, that you were presented with, right? And though in 2020, you didn't need that kind of lesson. Over time, you found a way to transcend from I didn't need that type of lesson to that lesson has taught me this. That lesson has led me here. That lesson put me on a path that in 2022, my words have changed. Damn, Kareem. Wow. This is, a real, this is our reality. And 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 I, I I thank you for giving your energy to to the process of my grief and my family's grief. I sincerely honor and thank you as a human being for defining and exposing the way that we are processing this. So I, we didn't need that lesson at the moment, but it certainly taught us something that we needed to know about now. So. 
Um, this is the yin and yang of our existence, I believe. Right. So along yeah. with King Kobe, the Nichols and Chambers family, they invite us to join them in their intimate grief in the weeks that followed Tyler's death. Now, as I sit here in 2022 and talk to Kareem, we're more than just some weeks out, right? The book is out. You, we have the chance to see the family's response to Tyler's murder. Um, we get to see the foundation in real time. The, the book takes us through the creation of it, but now we're in real time. It's 2022. Kareem, life after. Um, Life after death, right? I hate to say it like that, but take it back to Biggie's album title kind of thing, right? Life after death. Um, I want to say this to you personally, right? So my mom died um, in 2019. And um, I told my friend then um, I went through something. And I went through something for me. So kind of like you, I was like, I didn't need this kind of a lesson. Why now? It's too early. I'm too young. She's too young, right? That kind of thing. But then I said, um, right. I got to this place where, for me, I said, through my mom's passing, I began to live, right? Because through right. her death, her death ignited something inside of me. So for Miss Sharma, you know, it ignited her to start this foundation. For you as the brother cousin, you joined in, you linked into it, right? Now we have this family that has this goal to open a com community center for individuals and families who have suffered for vi from violence and to help them hear through one-on-one group therapy, right? So, Karina, right. here in 2022, life after, um, where, where are you as a person, Karina, mentally, physically, emotionally, right? Like, I know you don't come out of this how you went into this. I know that you take protecting the family even more serious. You've made that clear. I know that you found a way to, through learning how to protect the family even better, you've also found a way to find your zen within that process, right? So tell me, 2022, life after death, Kareem, as we talk, long live Kobe, and we pay tribute to Tyler Kobe Nichols. Where are you now, the cousin, the brother, the best friend, the one who loves on his family? What space are you in? So I I I would like to kind of pull from the reference of like, you know, I'm not a highly religious person, but um Biblically, people talk of before Christ and after Christ. Right. You know, and um, I never met Jesus Christ. I don't know of, of my personal reference of that. You know, all we have is our belief. But what I do know and who I've met is Tyler Kobe Nichols. And um, my life has been defined to myself, not by age, but by experience before Tyler and after Tyler. Okay. So my after Tyler self is the strongest version of myself that I've ever encountered. Mm. Mm. I, I, I have not only grown and enhanced my sensitivity to this life experience, but my body, mind, and soul is, it has evolved 
in ways that I can't even explain okay. due to the sacrifice of Tyler. You know, we have to turn this around because the other direction is very detrimental. It's a spiral down to depression, and we will not choose that direction. And the direction that I've chose, even though, don't get me wrong, I have rough days where I would, I hear about Tyler, I hear about the book, and I start to cry. Mm. But right after those tears, and I'm sure you can you relate, and I, and, and I send my condolence to your beautiful mother, okay, I'm sure you can relate that after the pain of the tears comes this moment of strength. Mm-hmm. This, you can't cry for days. You could, you could, you don't have enough liquid in your body, so the tears are gonna stop at one point. And in those moments of strength, right after, is where I've, I've just hold, held on to those moments and become the highest version of myself mm. that, that, that I've ever, that I've ever seen. Wow. So tell me this: for you, post the tragedy, is there a such thing as getting back to normal? Is there a sense of normalcy for the family? What's it like? This is a scar that our family will have until we perish and until the generations continue. This is is something that um, can never be forgotten and, and, and honestly, uh, there is no normal in 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 the light of this. It's right. simply the progression and the part of the journey that we are on. When we were in the funeral home after, um, we actually my uncle Garnet wanted to see Tyler before they dressed him up, and he he asked a few of the men in the family, "Do you want to come?" And it was uh, me, Uncle Garnet, Shamari, and his brother, and. Uh, uh, my cousin Junior and Chris, my brother as well, and we went to see Tyler before they dressed his body up. And when we left there, I mean, you could imagine how hard this was for us. And but the the perspective that it snapped us into. Mm-hmm. And when we left there, we all looked at each other and said, "This is a journey. Mm-hmm. This will never heal completely." Right. This is a scar, and this is our journey. And so many of us can relate. So that's why we we choose to just be transparent. Just talk about it. Heal inward and heal outward. So now, where do we stand with the case? Has this gone to trial yet, or is it still pending? So they found him, um, and, and um, honestly... <laughs> I just thank the universe. I thank every. I I don't. I don't even know what you know. Thank God. I thank whoever, whatever source is controlling this, because in a time of COVID, everyone is wearing masks, mm-hmm. and we got image of him. They, they he he walked through the car wash, that um is 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 more, uh, just minutes more, just feet away from where they attacked Tyler. He walked through the car wash. And his full face was there, and he wore a distinctive hoodie. So we, we they were able to have um, get him, find him, and um, he's incarcerated now. And you know the trial is pushing forward, but 
we're trying to get more um, light and attention to the child because we want to make sure that he, he unfortunately, we, we don't get our Tyler back, so you shouldn't be able to come out in, in our personal opinion. Right. You know, so, you know, the justice system is the way it is, and we just need to make sure it works in our favor. And we want to get the other guys as well. Because this guy killed Tyler, but the f- the first guy came out the car, initiated the situation. Right. Why did you choose my? Why did you choose Shane and Tyler? They were just walking home. What did you see in them? What what kind of demonic? What what or, or reflection of yourself did you see in them? What, why did you choose them? Right. So. Now, I have to ask you this, Kareem. Knowing that you've been able to find a some way, somehow, you've found a strength within the pain, right? You found a source of motivation within the grief. For those families that may be experiencing something similar, right, who can't see the light at the end of the tunnel just yet, knowing that you've gone through this in real life, knowing that this will forever be a part of your reality, like you said, till you perish, what is the, what are those words of encouragement or that something you would give to them to help them fight to get to an, an, another day as they deal with their stages of grief? Three words. <laughs> And that is let it out. Mm. Let it out. Mm. Speak about it. Cry about it. Let every single energy and force that is within you, that has been accumulated inside of you, out. And allow people to see your process. We're human. We're all one human family. There's other people going through this. Let it out. Mm. and form this and, and and one thing that happened to us when we started to do that is we joined in a community of people who are going through this we we simply went into their worlds we connected our worlds that we were walking and living in my auntie Sherman is in a group of mothers that have lost their children she said nobody wow. wants to be in that group right nobody right so there was we had a healing session. We have healing sessions when we bring uh, the community together and 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 people who've been victimized by this, and we have we give them the opportunity to talk and then we enjoy life, and we 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 we, we, we rejoice after. It's not a religious event. It's or or truly spiritual. It's just for people to come and release. And we had one name a mother's loss, mm. and. There was a mother there. There was uh, there were numerous mothers that lost their 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 children there in the in one room, and, but there was one particular mother that never spoke of what happened until that night, because wow. all the mothers formed a circle around her and encouraged her to let it go, open your mouth. Her son took his girlfriend's life and his life by gunpoint. Wow. And she and she first the first time she allowed herself to speak about it was within the healing session and we have it on it's on our Instagram and it's on YouTube for people to see that the process there's people you walk around in the street you don't know what's going on behind somebody's eyes 
You don't right. know what's going on. So let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Now, Kareem, as they begin to let it go, as the process of healing continues for yourself and your family, and as this reality begins to lead to a bigger picture and the Long Live Kobe Foundation begins to grow and his story begins to reach the world and we get the support that we need and we prepare for trial and we prepare for the adjudication to be what we needed to be. I thank you. I thank you and your family for allowing, right, for allowing Paul Auster to create this body of work and for allowing for Spencer to take these pictures that gave us that glimpse into the weeks to follow and for Miss Shermer for having the strength and the the um the know how to say yes to letting it be captured into you into his brothers and his aunt, just everybody, right? Thank you. Because oftentimes we get it with the theatrics of television, right? And we watch this 30 to 60-minute episode that is embellished and, you know, presented in the best form for entertainment purposes, and we get that this isn't entertainment, this is life. This is life after. This is healing. This is grief. This is the reality of a family. This is senseless violence in our face. This is Christmas no longer being the happy holiday it used to be because December 23rd, the eve of Christmas Eve, now carries a tone that will never be forgotten. And we understand that when you walk past that spot, there's something you'll forever see for the rest of your life because there's no letting it go, right? And I say thank you, and I appreciate you, and I touch and agree with you and the family as we pray for healing, strength, and endurance to continue on and to continue to bring this story in a way that it empowers others, empowers others to move forward. Kareem, thank you so much for giving me this time. I thank you. I, I I wish I had other words so I can tell you thank you in every single language that exists. But you are family to us due to the fact that you care enough to speak about what is very valuable and sensitive and important to us and that can very be important to many around the world. So we love you and thank you honestly from the bottom of my heart for taking your time, for allowing me to, and my family to have this discussion. About Tyler Kobe Nichols. This is a Diamond Sound production.